Thank you so much for joining me on the No Friends podcast, where we talk about why you don't have any friends and some things that you can do now that you don't have friends. So grab your cup of solo wine in a solo cup, put on that Han Solo song, uh, play a game of solitaire. Um, without saying masturbation, I don't know what else, what other activities that I can come up with here that you can do by yourself. But luckily, this is not the No Friends podcast. This is pretty much the opposite of that. It's the Photo Friends podcast. And this is the first ever episode that I'm doing by myself. I ended up not booking a guest for this week. Uh, I thought that I was going to go on vacation, guys, to be honest. That was my plan, was to go on vacation this week, take a week off of the podcast. Uh, But then, as you might be able to tell in my voice, uh, I got a bit sick. I got a little bit of the brovid, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, not feeling too terrible, and I wanted to bring a nice episode of the podcast to everybody here. And, you know, even though I don't have a guest, I feel like I'm here with you guys listening to the podcast. And we have a great um, episode today. I wanted to do an episode for Earth Day, even though this is coming out a little bit after Earth Day. But hey, we can still celebrate the Earth, obviously. So I thought. What better way to celebrate the Earth than to look into the history of landscape photography? And that's what we're going to do today. Now, when I got digging into this subject, I really realized pretty quickly that it was going to be difficult to tackle. There's a lot of things to cover when you're covering the history of any type of photography, obviously, and in particular with Um, landscape photography here, you are basically, you end up essentially covering the history of photography itself, since landscapes are, you know, one of the first things that people were ever able to take photos of for obvious reasons. So why do you ever want to know the history of a type of photography, right? I guess to the uninitiated, it might seem like these old ways of doing things are pretty irrelevant now, now that we have such easy access to being able to take photos, you know, and we've come a long way, obviously, in the development of photography, it's been around for a long time. So you might think, why look back on these old ways of doing things? Why should I even care about an episode of your podcast, Jared, (laughs) is is what you're saying right now, perhaps. And I think I want to justify myself. Uh, I actually found that digging into this topic, it was incredibly mind-opening, I guess, (laughs) consciousness-raising in a way, in terms of how I look at photography and, and how I look at art uh, in general in some ways. I think that happens anytime that you look into the origin of something. You find, you know, the original juice, the original uh, flavor, the, the original essence sometime is is right there in the, uh, the earlier version of the thing, right? Like, you know, take rock and roll, for example. There are some pretty good rock and roll bands these days, like, I don't know, uh, Queens of the Stone Age and Foo Fighters and whatnot, right? But then you go back and listen to like 
those early blues artists, uh, Robert Johnson and guys like that. And a lot of the original essence, the original thing that makes it so awesome is, is still there in the earlier version of the thing, right? And I, it's, I think, similar for landscape photography. And, uh, and we'll get into how that progresses through history. Um, another thing that was really striking to me when you look into the history of landscape photography is just the the variety of approaches to it, the the way that people were thinking about photography, right? Um, whether it be a science or a tool for exploration or actually an art, uh, we might think that immediately when photography, landscape photography especially, comes on the scene that people are viewing this as an art and, oh, this is a way to take breathtaking uh, photos that can make us think about ourselves and our relation to nature. Not like not necessarily more. It was just a scientific endeavor or, or a tool. We'll, we'll see that happen here as well, which, uh, yeah, very, very interesting to me. So I think that this is a very worthwhile endeavor. I think that it's going to influence the way that you think about photography. And I think that it's going to make a great contribution to your style at the end of the day. Okay, so we're ready to get into the history of landscape photography proper. Before we do that, I have to drop a pronunciation warning on everybody here. There's going to be some French names on the podcast today uh, that I might screw up. Some French names for stuff that you guys know. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you guys know. Sometimes I screw up my pronunciation. So if I get anything wrong, I apologize to France. I'm going to do my best because this whole thing starts off with a fella called, here we go, Joseph Nesiphore Niepce, a French uh, inventor, the inventor of photography. Most people would agree with that. Uh, he also invented a bunch of other crazy stuff. He, it's kind of weird that the guy who invented photography also invented this thing, uh, Internal combustion engines. Have you heard of them? <laughs> They're in your car uh, and uh, in a lot of other places, too. <laughs> I don't know why I got like so saucy with you guys there. Um, it was called the here we go again. The the first uh, internal combustion engine, the Pilear 4. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Anyways, uh, aside from inventing that lovely thing, he also invented the process of what he called heliography, uh, which is uh, French for sun drawing. It evolved out of lithography, which was an early way of creating art. Uh, these things called lithographs. Basically, you would create a mixture of chemicals and powders and stuff like that, and you would use that to carve uh, engravings into metal plates. And this is pretty close, actually, it turns out, to the process of creating uh, early photos. So, um, you know, Nesiphore Niepce, that's actually pretty good, <laughs> uh, was playing around with some of this stuff back in 1827. This is some serious 
uh, early science going on here, you know. So there at his home in Ligras, Nesiphor Nieps was actually able to capture a scene of the street. He used a sheet of pewter that was coated in butamen, and uh, it actually took several days of exposure in order to capture the light uh, onto that sheet of pewter, uh, but he was successfully able to do it, and I believe that this is the oldest surviving photograph of anything in existence, so that's pretty mind-blowing. You guys can check that out on our Instagram if you would like to see a photo of that. I think that it's very compelling uh, to when you realize that photography itself evolved out of just science and, and chemistry, really, more than any other discipline. This seems like it was a guy just trying to do a bunch of stuff, right? The fact that he also created the first internal combustion engine, and I'm sure if I read uh, the rest of the Wikipedia article, it would have told me some other stuff that he invented, right? He, he was playing with a whole bunch of different things, trying to see what was actually going to work, right? Like if you mix these chemicals together and if you expose things to these elements or get them hot or cold, just trying different things to see what humans can achieve, right? Um, he was able to create something that you can put in your car and drive around and also, you know, the, uh, the camera that you can take photos of. And it's crazy to think as well... <laughs> Again, just how much we take for granted these days, how simple it is to grab that camera and take a photo, you know, and sometimes you even complain, like, I have to carry around this this heavy camera, right? <laughs> this is going to give us uh, perspective on that. Like, this guy had to set up this whole thing, uh, code his uh, sheet of pewter with butamin. Like, we don't have to do that type of stuff these days, right? And you can just psh, take a photo. You don't have to expose for three days. Now we're going to move from the scientific phase of photography into more of the exploration phase of photography, maybe we can call it. Um, you know, photography as more of a geological tool kind of documenting uh, the, the geology or the geography of an area. So we have a couple of guys here, uh, and this whole thing is, is tied in uh, with, you know, expansion of the western united states which depending on who you are you might have feelings about so i think it's important that we don't get too romantic about that but it's also not really the podcast to do that because we're talking about photography but just wanted to uh, put that caveat on all of this that you know western expansion wasn't great for everybody <laughs> okay here we go uh william henry jackson he was a photographer who became famous for his depictions of the West. He worked for the Union Pacific Railway, and uh, later on he worked for the Hayden Geological Survey, right? 
So not exactly uh, the, the artsiest endeavor we see photography at this point. He contributed to Yellowstone National Park being established basically because he was one of the first people who were able to show, you know, Americans in the East about these cool areas um, that existed in the West, right? All of these very interesting mountainous regions and all of these huge forests and stuff like that and it was pretty exciting and it it's really important to note that of course like it's hard for us to think about this but of course many people in the east obviously never saw what the western united states looks like right until these things started to come out so uh you know the only way that you would see it obviously you couldn't just uh look it up on google maps or whatever right someone had to bring you a photo and uh jackson was the type of dude who would do that so he captured the iconic photo uh the most um well-known photo that he ever captured that's going to be on the instagram as well the mountain of the holy cross uh it's a mountain in colorado he captured this image in 1873 so some very very early photography here again uh and this is the crazy thing many people thought that uh the the mountain of the holy cross was a myth if you didn't look up a picture, you can easily picture it in your head. <laughs> That's what we do when we listen to podcasts. It basically looks like a hot cross bun. This mountain has a, a cross on it. And, you know, some people said that it was a myth <laughs> that the, the legendary mountain didn't actually exist. And some people thought that it did exist. And it was like a symbol uh, for the fact that America was meant to go west and uh, make all of America a christian country or whatever again this whole thing is tied in with uh with manifest destiny and westward expansion and, and whatnot so yeah but i think it is pretty interesting that again to to try to put ourselves in that place like someone says i went out west and i saw this mountain it had a cross on it and you'd come back and be like, no, no, that's not true. Like, I don't, I don't believe that, right? <laughs> Until this guy was actually able to go and capture a photo. And there, there was no other way of proving it at the time, right? Like, sure, you could draw a picture of it or whatever. But I can draw a picture of, like, Bigfoot making out with, uh, with an alien, right? And that doesn't mean that that's real either. Although that might be a good, maybe that's a good, like, other podcast for me. I could do kind of an erotic, uh, cryptid, conspiracy, uh, fiction podcast. Well, we'll workshop that idea. Anyways, another dude I want to talk about is Carlton Wadkins. Uh, he captured some pretty beautiful photos of the Yosemite Valley in California. Uh, the most famous of which is the view from Inspiration Point in 1879. He used a mammoth plate camera that captured images on 18 by 22 inch glass plates. And this is very much so that old school camera that you're picturing, you know, when you picture a old timey camera from a movie or whatever, those uh, big accordions that they have on the front of them, the, the giant ass uh, blanket that you've got to like put over your head and all of that. Yeah, it's, it's that type of thing, right? A 18 by 22 inch glass plates that you're carrying around to be able to and carrying up like mountains and shit, right? To be able to capture these photos. 
Um, because of his ability to carry these big glass plates up mountains and shit, he was hired by the California State Geological Survey. Uh, that just... That just sounds thrilling, you guys. That just sounds so artsy. <laughs> Watkins' images of the Semini Valley, again, were some of the first of that area that people had ever seen in the eastern United States, and it led to the preservation of Yosemite National Park. So, so we see with these early photographers here the role that they actually played in establishing these parks, and that's something that I think should be celebrated, right? Like, that the national parks exist and that America isn't completely uh, just destroying their the beauty that exists in their country. Like these are good things and they're things that were established in law early and and I'm glad that these guys were able to contribute to that. So that's some positivity for sure. So we see here how photography is tied in with these ideas of exploration, geology, geography, uh, even politics, nation building, all of these types of things, right? Like people's conceptions of America, the country that they live in, uh, people's conception of themselves, uh, this idea that there's a lot of land out there uh, that, you know, they thought that they owned now or whatever, right? Uh, some pretty complicated things, but um, definitely we're seeing the importance of photography in the development of history here, honestly. And, and that is obviously, you know, uh, compelling to think about. I think it's important to draw out as well the, just the difficulty again of this stuff, right? I really want to point that out, the intense planning, dedication, training, everything that went into this, and really the the stakes, how high the stakes are, right? That you every single image that you capture is just taking so much work and and so many resources that you're really going to be planning those out and you're really going to be taking good photos. Uh, you know, not just snapping off all over the place, uh, you know, getting hundreds of exposures and hoping that some of them are, are good later, right? Uh, something that we've talked about a little bit on this podcast um, before, uh, especially with our recent guest, uh, Michael Tenalia, that, uh, you know, when you're shooting film, even how much more you have to think about every single individual aspect of uh of that and and plan everything ahead so that you're not wasting time and that you're not wasting resources and and you're not uh ruining your photos as well right it wasn't easy to take these photos you had to really be uh a technician in many ways in order to achieve that so yeah just uh something to think about Okay, so this is where we're going to start moving away. You know, we started um, in here in the, the history of landscape photography as photography is a science, right? It's we're playing around with the natural world and seeing what we can achieve by doing that. And one of the things is we can explode some shit and drive a little bike around. And uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing is that we can... It put some weird chemicals on a sheet of metal and we can capture the world with that, right? 
We move into more of, you know, photography as a tool, photography as something to document the world around us, right? A geological um, tool or a tool for geography. Uh, then we move from that period finally into photography as an art. We're getting into that now with uh, Peter Henry Emerson. He was a British writer and photographer who pushed the idea of photography as an art form, which might be weird to say now, right? I think many people would think that photography is an art form, but I don't know. We can talk about that later. Uh, this is this was super interesting to me, you guys. Uh, and I'll put up some of these painters up on the Instagram so that you can check them out. He was inspired by painters of the French naturalism movement, like Theodore Rousseau. Uh, oh, here we go with some more. I think these are pretty easy French names. Theodore Rousseau, Jean-Baptiste Camille Corot, and Jean-Francois Millet. There you go. They were naturalistic painters. I guess if you said that they were naturalist painters, that would just mean that they like to be naked. Um, anyways, their movement was to depict uh, the world, things, humans, as, as accurately as possible, essentially depicting daily life and natural social interaction of people. And I highly recommend that you go check out some of the work of these artists. It basically looks like photography before photography, right? These very naturalistic um poses and very naturalistic settings that people are in and yeah just basically it's uh paintings answer to photography before photography even existed which is pretty cool so uh peter emerson is looking at those paintings and really it inspired him as photography is becoming a little bit more accessible to start pushing it in a different direction, right? As we've shown up until this point, photography is more of a tool that technicians use for a specific purpose uh, related to some type of scientific endeavor in a lot of ways, right? And here, someone is finally saying, no, um, we this is part of the tradition of art, right? Photography is an art form and he went around his area of Suffolk County, uh, which is in the east of England, and he documented daily life there. He produced um, some very well-known works of photography, some photography books, uh, Norfolk Broads, <laughs> English Lagoons, and Marsh Leaves, uh, as well as producing some uh, very important works of, uh, you know, philosophy, I guess, uh, literature, pushing this idea that photography was indeed an art form and that it could be used for expression and could be used to convey ideas. Um, if you want to read it, Naturalistic Photography for Students of the Art. And if you want to check out a bunch of his uh, work, there is a really nice collection online, gallery.ca. That's the website for the National Gallery of Canada. Uh, you can pretty much check all of that stuff out there. I think it's super intriguing to check this guy out to to learn about his inspirations to to check out the the naturalistic art movement in France, not something that I really knew a lot about. Um, and it's crazy the the connection here with photography and the the art world, uh, the wider art world in general. Just thought that that was pretty cool to learn about. Hopefully that was uh, 
pretty mind-blowing to you guys as well. I do think that uh, one thing that is weird about this guy, you know, he made it his whole... This is where kind of his thinking confuses me a bit, right? Um, his approach to photography when he was actually shooting was to try to document the world as it was, right? So you wouldn't be doing a lot of, like, uh, shallow depth of field or, you know, longer exposures or, I don't know, trying to create light trails in some way. I'm not sure how sophisticated, uh, you know, his cameras were at the time. Uh, but he's not really doing a lot of that, yet he's pushing photography as an art, right? Instead of just saying, oh, photography is for document. You see what I'm saying, right? There's there's a, a conflict here. He's saying at the same time, photography isn't just a tool for documenting the world as it is, while also simultaneously saying you should use photography to document the world as it is. So I don't know. <laughs> I just thought that that was a kind of weird contradiction. But we're going to see that, uh, that potential contradiction dissolve as we go into... Um, some some more of the history here, right? We're going to see uh, photographers start to take that camera and represent the world however they want or ho however they see it and, and totally manipulate it and stuff like that. So this is just, you know, early days of... Uh, of the, the school of photography as an art. Uh, but we got to give this guy his credit, man, Peter Henry Emerson. Like you, you, if you're a photographer, you should know his name. And this is where I would get into the most famous uh, landscape photographer ever, who you've probably wondered, why hasn't he brought up this guy's name yet, Ansel Adams? Uh, but this is already a pretty long episode, guys, so I think we're going to have to pretty much cut it off here. We're going to uh, drop the teaser. Next episode is going to start with Ansel Adams, uh, but this has been part one of landscape photography. All right, just some key takeaways and final thoughts before I go. I thought it was really mind-opening to see the evolution of photography, how it's evolved, uh, co-evolved with science, I guess, over time, how the more that we've realized how we can manipulate the physical world, the new powers, I guess, that that gives us, how we've taken that and uh, implemented it into photography to uh, make it easier and better, I guess. It was also very enlightening. Uh, to me, I didn't really realize this, how long it took from photography being invented to photography being thought of as, you know, uh, artistic discipline. It took 50 years uh, before Emerson comes out and says photography is actually a medium for creating art. So it's very interesting to track this throughout the history of uh, landscape photography. Uh, first, it's a science with Niepce, then it's a tool of geography, essentially, with Watkins and Jackson, and then, you know, finally with Emerson becoming an art. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, a little bit of a different thing for me, but I had a great time doing it, and I learned a lot. Um, I think this is already going to influence my personal uh, photography, my shooting, and I'm going to get out and take some photos, enjoy the nice weather. Sorry about the nasally voice. Um, 
Man, now I have to come, and usually I make the guests come up with a random thing. Well, I should probably tell you guys to follow this show uh, on Instagram. Photo underscore friends underscore pod. And uh, other than that, uh, just wa- watch out out there, guys. Uh, don't get hit by a stampede of elephants. <laughs>